I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am in Toronto, Ontario, and joining me on the other line, lounging, just lounging, in the satellite branch in scenic Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. It is your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Lounging. Laid back. Laid back. Um, I am actually legitimately lounging today because I've been dizzy all day. Kate's for got no a particular reason. Kate's got a spot of the verts, which is a is a new development for you, or uh, oh yeah, I've never had verts. So this verts meaning vertigo. Yes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the only reason I just thought it was dizziness, and I, it was dizzy. Like the only time I've ever gotten dizzy like this is when I've been quite drunk, and that in <laughs> itself is very rare. This mm. is maybe two or three times at most in my life. Um, because I don't drink a lot. Um, and occasionally I'll get like the spins, I think they call them. Yeah. Um, and the the worst time I gave it to myself, I played myself. <laughs> Congratulations. You played yourself. I no! mixed my own drinks instead of, instead of waiting for Chris. And that was a mistake. <laughs> I was like, wait, how much rum do I usually drink? Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. rum. God. I got very, very sick. Mm-hmm. It was actually the only time I vomited in a toilet from be- drinking alcohol. Oh. And I never did that again. Um, but anyway, so very dizzy this morning. I immediately was like, is dizziness a sign of COVID-19? <laughs> it is not. No other symptoms. No headaches. No sore neck. No nothing. And I was describing it to someone. I have this, like, daily meeting at work. And I was describing it to someone at work and or to people at work in, in our meeting and one of my coworkers was like, Oh, that's vertigo. She's like, I get it quite often. And she's like, Are you having trouble standing? I'm like, Oh yeah, I have to like brace myself on the wall because mm. I feel like I'm just gonna tip over. She's like, Oh yeah, and you feel like you've lost control. And I was like, Exactly. She's like, Yeah, it she's like, It may go away in a bit. Um, she's like, if it gets really bad, uh, you can go to emergency and, um, what they do or what they can do is they do, I can't remember. It's called like the Epley maneuver or something. It's a, basically this sounds like I'm a crazy crackpot hippie doctor, but legitimately the maneuver resets the crystals in your ear that let you know, like that help you with your balance. There are crystals in your ear. You can look it up. Um, I'm not insane. But, yeah, it's this. It's a head-tilting maneuver that they have. They do it quickly, and you have to do it a certain way. Um, so you can get that done if it gets really bad. And I remember hearing about that from somebody else um, who has vertigo that I know. Um, but, anyways, it's a very, very strange, strange going on. Um I did some research because I was like, why would I be getting vertigo all of a sudden? Well, I also have TMJ issues. I don't know the first two syllables, but the third is the third. The, the, the second word is joint. <laughs> it's the joint basically 
the, you the back me, and forth. You made me look doing. it up. It's a something mandibular. Yes. It's basically, oh, it's um, temporomandibular because it has to do with your temporal lobe. Yes. I remember that. Temporomandibular um, and the mandible. Um, so it, it, it's basically from clenching your jaw. It can be from some other things. And I've been having issues with that for uh, about six weeks. I've been getting headaches from it, and I've been seeing a chiropractor and massage therapist. But I'm still having a lot of this jaw pain and, like, waking up uh, with really terrible, tense jaw pain. So apparently that, because it has to do with your ear canals and the crystals in your head, um, again, not insane, I swear to God, um, it apparently can can cause um, vertigo. So going to keep on looking after that. Hopefully it it's gone away now, but I've decided that to help it, I'm going to like relax in bed. I took some some meds that I found in the cupboard. Don't take meds that you found what? in the cupboard, kids. Well, <laughs> so What's I going thought on with you today. <laughs> someone someone suggested taking mixing a cocktail a of random medicine. pharmaceuticals you find in your cupboard? <laughs> no, someone suggested taking uh, muscle relaxants for the jaw. And I'd been taking Advil and, and some Tylenol, um, but I hadn't actually gone full force with muscle relaxants. And I found some stuff in the cupboard that I thought was a muscle relaxant. But Chris was like, I don't think so. It's it's acetaminophen, which is Tylenol, and it had codeine. Oh, for God's and it had And it had caffeine, because apparently a lot of, like, things that will make you drowsy, they put caffeine in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and... That was, it made me sleepy. That's all it really did. But much sleepier than I thought I was going to be. But anyways, I'm lounging. That's the point. How's everybody else? Friends, this is episode 199. K? Not K K. like the letter K. Q-U-E. Like what? Which is maybe what you're asking yourself after you hear Caitlin's story about just pounding codeine pills she found in her cupboard. K? K? Why is it episode 199K? Because we are refusing to celebrate episode 200 until such time as we can properly commemorate it, which may be never, because the world Probably. is not going to reset itself anytime soon, because you motherfuckers cannot wear masks. I finally had my first moment where I almost just broke down in the middle of a public street and just screamed at people. Wow. Definitely, definitely came real close. We, we brushed, we brushed crazy man in the streets cliff this week my God. when I went to do my laundry and was just the only one out on these streets wearing a mask as oh, daily reports okay. daily reports of an increase in cases the second wave is here Uncle Justin's out on TV being like yo you ain't gonna have a good Thanksgiving <laughs> and y'all just wanna yep. be hanging out with no mask fuck all y'all anyway If you would like to go back and listen to any of our other Vertigo-free 199 episodes or any of our other Vertigo-free episode 199s, you go look up this show wherever you get your audio content, your Spotify's, your Googles, your Stitchers, if you're that person. We're there too. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever. Look up the Geek Down Podcast. We will appear. You give us a follow, a high five, a big ups, a dap, a good game. From henceforth... You don't have to do anything else because new episodes of this program will be delivered to your device by your mans. Chauncey Frostilicus III, Geek Down Internet Elf. Oh, girl, old Frosty's just coming to slap those episodes straight into your device. 
You don't have and to. And also bring you a mask. <laughs> and bring, bring your dumbass a mask so you can wear it. Chauncey, among being a doctor, is also a public health official. He is. He's a member. He's, he's, a, he's a standing member of every public health unit in North America. Yep. In North America. He's an elf. He can be all those places at once. Yep. I get on the TTC. I see old white, la- old white ladies sit directly in front of me in the seat, clearly marked off, with a silhouette of a person on a seat and a slash through it. Plop your ass right down on that one. Not on any of the open seats across from me that would be maintaining six feet of social distance. Why? Why? If you have answers, you can let me know via social media. Primarily Twitter, at GeekDownPod. I promise we pay attention there. By the time you're hearing this, I may have put up the promotion for last week's episode, but I promise we did one. <laughs> I did the graphic and everything. It's sitting on my computer. I just, you know, your man's, your man's been a little busy this week. <laughs> okay, laughing, because it's cute. Because it's cute. I've been cute busy. I've been cute busy this week, y'all. Yep. We don't get into our personal lives around here that <laughs> the fuck we do. <laughs> We don't get into everything in our personal lives that much, but it's been, it's been, it's been a cute week. Um, if you'd like to support this endeavor financially, we appreciate it. We thank you, but we heartily discourage it. We look at you sternly. Don't, don't spend your money. Keep your money. Keep your money. Serb is running out. There may be other lockdowns, depending on where you are in this province, country, wherever. You don't know what you're going to have to do. This experience has taught us anything is that government is not totally prepared for when things like this happen, especially if you are in any of the 50 continental and non-continental United States. Canada barely kept it together. Yeah, we're still working on it. (laughs) Kings is still working out, y'all. Point is, you should keep your money. If... You are like, you don't understand, Jordan Kate. I just have so much money, it's taking up space because I'm not going out and I'm not spending it because I don't want to go out in these streets and risk exposure in the pandemic. Is there no way I can just e-transfer you some of this money? Sure. Sure. We're not monsters. No, I mean, if you're drowning like Scrooge McDuck <laughs> in a just like apartment full of money, we'll, we'll take it off your hands. If you are choking on gold coins... You can, because you thought you'd be able to spit them out like Scrooge McDuck does, but he's a cartoon, so he can do that, and you're not. You will die. <laughs> we don't want you to die, so if you want to throw us three gold coins, ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod, buy us a coffee, because, oh man, you want to know someplace else that doesn't have, doesn't have their shit together? The Tim Hortons. What? Oh, really? I broached, I broached that recently, because like I said, it's a, it's a cute week and your man goes out and does cute things. Um, sometimes while he's killing time or on his way back from doing cute things, he stops at the, uh, nearby Tim Hortons for the first time, like ever. Cause he ain't going to the park day. I want to tell you that much right now. And they had a real weird, like setup cause most Tim Hortons is the distance from the door to the counter is generally pretty short. Yeah. So you either have people line up outside, which I don't know why they don't do, or you try to do this S pattern that they had with like the arrows taped down to the floor. And I went in on Thursday to get a coffee on my way home. And some like auntie who was working there was like mopping the floor. And I felt bad because I was like, the arrows are telling me to go here. And, but you just mopped the floor. I feel terrible. But the arrows are saying, so I like stepped 
onto like, you know, everywhere paced down the decals to tell you where to stand. So I like stepped over to there and she like sunned my ass. She looked at me. I was like, sir, can you stand over there, please? I'm like, but I, I know you, the floor, but. But the arrow. Your air hose. Who am I supposed to listen to? <laughs> please tell me. And it's just, just been, just been awful. Um, less awful. Kate, it was momentous. I forgot to mention this last week. How could I have forgotten? I went for my first dine-out experience, possibly only one, because we'll probably be locked down again in a month, but I went out to eat. I went out to eat in a place. It was weird. I mean, I went out at like four, so it probably would have been not that busy in any restaurant to begin with. But like... You you were inside. I went inside, yes. I went to Rio's Noodle House over on Broadview. I just find this really weird because I remember we stopped. I don't know where we were coming from or going to, but uh, Chris uh, like had to use the bathroom. And so we stopped at a Wendy's, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, to And he's like, I think we're going to get lunch. And he's like, oh, I'm in my bathroom. Can you order something? I was like, sure. So we went inside. Usually we'd go drive through probably if we were going somewhere. Yeah. Uh, just with less contact and all of that. And there were people eating inside. And I was like, is this allowed? Are we allowed to do this? And they, like, they were social distanced, but I was still totally freaked out about it. I was like, I don't want to go anywhere near the, like, you know, spit zone <laughs> these people are producing. Um, yeah, because I found it really – it's weird how things become weird really quickly, but – the thought of like eating with people in an inside place just to me totally freaks me out. Well, it was, it was me and my companion and like a chef and two wait staff. That was it when we got there. Oh, and one other, they only had a setup for like three or four pairs maybe that they could have fit in the place. Like real, like relatively far from each other. Um, and then there were a lot of pickups and like you leave your number when you go in. Cause if, it, so they can call you if they have to shut down. Cause there's been a case somewhere and to let you know you've been in a place where COVID happened. That's fun. Um, <laughs> and yeah, no, that was not even, so generally the whole like getting ramen experience, that was pretty fine. Um, and because I was in a different part of the city with record stores, I don't go to that often. I had to stop in. Um, What's weird to me is the the patio lie. That's the weird part to me. The patio lie? Yeah, they must have these in Hamilton where they've moved patios out into like like they killed a lane of traffic and like oh, cordoned it I, off and put tables. Yeah, except they were doing that like in the last couple of years mm. in the summer. So that's not that's not for us is not as big of a deal. But just I was on the Danforth. And like, I call it the lie because you're not maintaining social distance. And if I have to get around you, I'm not maintaining social distance to get around you. And we're all sharing the same fucking air. Like, who are we fooling here? What kind of lie are we trying to perpetuate that? Because you are sitting down with a bar surrounding you, like an actual bar, metal bar. Like, that's not protecting anyone. <laughs> like... I mean, they do say that being out in the open helps, 
because you're, you know, there's more airflow and stuff. But I feel the same way. I feel like if you're really smushing in people to this tiny deck, um, you're not, you know, you're, you're very likely to breathe, like you say, breathe the same air. Um, I think the best was a story from my friend Ren in Vancouver, who was talking about how they, they'd made like a reservation for the, or had asked if they had a patio. And the woman said yes. And when they got there, it was just like a seat by the window. <laughs> and she's like, oh, you said you had a patio. She's like, oh, yeah, this is what we call our patio. And she was like, yeah, no, not during a pandemic you don't. Like, you know, you really have to be careful. Be careful, folks. People are try- out trying to out here trying to tell you anything's a patio. It's wild, y'all. It's wild. So these are all dumb ways to spend your time. One way to spend your time that I hope wasn't dumb. Kate. Yeah. You had a birthday. I did have a birthday. How was your birthday? Um, it was interesting. It was up and down. It was good. Oh, so on the evening before my birthday, so Saturday night, my birthday was on Sunday, Saturday night, uh, speaking of going to eat places, uh, Chris's parents very kindly took us out to um, this place called Calamus, which is a winery. And as you're probably saying to yourself, but Caitlin, you just said you're not a big drinker, and I'm not. <laughs> Except Calamus has a stargazing night. Uh-oh. Um, they have them a couple of times a year. Um, and they have a, an observatory built on the ground of the winery. Uh, it's like on their, I guess you would say like third story. They have a, they have a, uh, observatory. Um, and they also had a, they had an extra telescope because they they tend to be pretty popular. Um, and you sit outside well it's sort of a covered area but the it's basically kind of outside and everyone was like super social distance four course meal great and then the magic happened i cannot explain to you how excited and how still excited i am that i got to see the motherfucking rings of saturn the motherfucking rings of saturn y'all I got this, not only that, so clearly could see Saturn and Saturn's beautiful rings. Um, could also see two of Saturn's brightest moons. Saturn has 82 moons. Um, so the two brightest are Titan and Rhea. Beautiful. Um, I got to see Jupiter. And if you've ever taken a picture of Jupiter, it's got, so Jupiter's known for having a lot of storms and it has bands. You could totally make out the bands of Jupiter. Um, you could see four of Jupiter's moons in a, a, a line, um, and which was just so cool. Um, it's got Jupiter has like seventy nine moons, um, but you could see four of them all in a line. Absolutely stunning. Um, you could see one of the shadows of the moon on Jupiter as it passed. It was so cool. Um, and then I got to see Mars, and I got to see the, the poles of Mars. 
So, well, most of Mars is red, um, but it's southern pole ice, and because of that, it reflects blue. So cool. Like, I, I basically had a meltdown. <laughs> this, I had, this is the most amped up I, I think I've ever heard you talk about anything. <laughs> three years of this show. I was like, and then the guy was talking about, you know, the stars. So, in the summer, there is, um, it's called the Summer Triangle. Uh, also known as the Vega Triangle. Um, and in that triangle, which is very prominent in the summer sky, um, it's like three very bright stars. In that triangle, you can see the Milky Way. And he was just saying, like, teaching people, like, what you can see in relation to the triangle, which was really cool. Um, I was just so excited to see the planets with my you know quote-unquote naked eye um it just it makes you feel like you're part of this amazing universe and it is an amazing universe and so that was you know awesome and then the next day was not as great um but i had such a good time on the saturday night that sunday is fine Sunday was fine. Well, you so need, Sunday... You don't need to get into it if, <laughs> if it wasn't. So, well, senior correspondent Chris did a great job at present buying this year. Um, Like, really amazing job. Uh, he bought me a space puzzle. So just straight off the bat, you know I'm psyched. Um, the second thing he bought me, uh, the game Mysterium. I don't know if I've ever talked about Mysterium, but it is my favorite game in the entire world. It's, like, so expensive. Um, but he he purchased that for me because he knows I absolutely adore it. Um, and got me some other really, really good gifts. Um, basically, a lot of stuff that I can like, like a lot of books and stuff. But he got me the next saga, which I've been waiting for. Um, he got me a lot of stuff that I can do inside. Because <laughs> he knows we're going to just be inside forever. Yep. Um, but we, we went out to... It was basically, it's called a cidery, um, and the service was absolutely terrible. And I'm, the one thing I'm good, I'm like happy about is I'm always worried when I'm like, this service is terrible. I'm worried I'm getting old, like I'm just turning into an old person. <laughs> and that's why I think the service is terrible. But I could it legitimately be like, it's not our server. And we didn't. It wasn't her fault at all. She was was totally understaffed, not her bad. She tried the best she could. Um, so we didn't like, you know, I think if I was really an old, horrible person, like a boomer, then I'd be like, you don't get a tip because <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't. We, I'm old and crotchety. Um, but no, I was able to like distinguish. So I'm, I'm like, I'm okay. I haven't, I haven't, at this birthday, I haven't gotten so old that I'm like, <laughs> kids these days, they need to move faster with their fast legs. <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't go down that, that path, so that was good. Well, Kate, never... And, but then we went for a lovely nature walk, so it all worked out. <laughs> never forget, Kate. Yeah. If it's sweet and yellow, you got juice there, fella. If it's tangy and brown, you're inside her town. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Said you went to a cidery. So like that would be an important information to have. I, I guess so. <laughs> oh, Laura.
part. Friends, uh, I didn't find much news out there in the world, but I did find some things, and then I was getting ready to, like, organize them here on my page. I had them written down, just a few odds and ends, a few news and notes, and then, like, like, like Big Papa waving the 4-4, asking me not to, asking her not to hit me no more, Katie Mack kicked in the door and was like, I just found something, and it's the only news we need this week, so I'm yeah. just... You know what? Fuck it. Just get rid of that. Yep. Throw out that. Yep. And I, I'm it. I'm as di- I'm dying to know as much as you are, y'all. Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah. What is your piece of news? Um, it is some of the greatest news, and it's so very unexpected. Vin Diesel has a debut single. Oh yeah, he does. <laughs> It apparently is great, and no one can handle it. Well, I'll I'll, du- I'll dub it in after the fact, but just let me just get this for a moment for a moment here. Apparently, it's a bop. It's a Vin Diesel has a bop. It's a bop. This is what this is what I have been told by this article. First of all, uh, it's called "Feel Like I Do," and yeah, it came out September twenty fifth. The album cover. Looks like he took it with the front-facing camera of the original iPhone SE. Uh, <laughs> it's just grainy and poorly lit. And, all right. All right, Mr. Diesel. Three minutes and five seconds. You're already crushing it there. Let's get a taste. Of, let's get a taste of feel like I do. I'll cut this inappropriately in post. But, Kate, have you heard it yet? Or I've only heard, like, the tiniest bit. All right. Well, Kate's not going to be able to hear this either, really, but... I don't recognize any of the names associated with this song. I'm going to have to listen it to on my end. It's really hard to describe what his voice is doing. Because <laughs> you know what Vin Diesel sounds like, so Vin Diesel singing is... Um, so, oh. someone just, the, the best tweet I've heard so far is Vin Diesel's song sounds like if Randy Newman tried to make a joint for the Black Panther soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very Randy Newman type vocal delivery that he's got going on. And it's far better than anything Jeremy Renner ever tried to do. Like, this is not going to, this would sell way Jeremy more. Renner try and do it? Oh, make a, make God, it, yes. Singer? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not trying to make it as a singer, you know, when people just get too much money and they just start doing shit because they can. Like, that was Jeremy Renner's jam. Um, and it was, like, attached to, like, a Dodge campaign or something. Like, Vin Diesel's going to sell way more trucks than Jeremy Renner will. Right. And it's ve- This is very odd. <laughs> but that is the only news we need right now. Feels, feels bad, y'all. You're welcome. <laughs> you're you're, you're welcome. welcome. Fuck everything else. Go listen to Vin Diesel's. <laughs> first single i can't get over this cover he looks high as fuck <laughs> maybe he is he has been inside <laughs> for like six months that's why he's just playing dungeons and dragons and <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god well updates 
What'd you watch this week, Kate? Not much. Um, I watched, because I needed something to make me feel good, uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. And I watched um, the Enola Holmes Netflix movie. Enola Holmes. Yep. All about Sherlock Holmes's sister. Oh, sure. With uh, Billy Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown? Yep, Billy, Bo- Billy Bobby Brown. Eleven? Right? Eleven, yeah. Millie Bobby Brown. Oh, Millie. Aw, Billy Bobby Brown was better. <laughs> Bubba Bo Bob Brain. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy who played Superman, uh, Henry Cavill. Oh, wow. That came out of nowhere. That's I'm surprised wow. by myself. Holy shit, Vertigo, y'all. <laughs> Everything's just spinning around in there a lot quicker. <laughs> okay, well, and then some other English actors. She's legitimately shocked. <laughs> she legitimately can't believe she summoned Henry Cavill that easily. <laughs> I can't. I was really, I was going to go all in. I was like thinking of things. Oh, my God. Very surprised. Um, the other actor, I just don't know. Like, I don't know his name. And then, but he's been in a bunch of English stuff. And uh, then Helena Bonham Carter uh, as her mother. So, yeah, good times. Uh, it was fun. It's definitely for young teenagers. <laughs> I was going to say, so. for, for you? Because <laughs> it's about yeah. Sherlock Holmesian stuff? Um, no, it's mostly about her. I think Han- Henry Cavill does a good job as. Sherlock Holmes and the other actor does a good job as Mycroft Holmes. Like they're fine, um, but yeah, I think it was it was a fun little thing. Not particularly historically accurate, accurate, but I'm fine with that. Sometimes it's fun just to have fun in history. Don't have to be crazy accurate. Um, and then besides those two movies, I can't think of anything else I watched. I have not watched. Apparently, so far the most amazing episode of. Um, Lovecraft Country. Um, we were probably going to watch it tonight, but obviously, for people who don't know, we're doing the po- podcast a little bit early this week. We're doing it on Friday. Um, and, like, Friday is, like, prime TV watching time. Yeah. So we'll probably end up after the podcast watching it. Um, and besides those two movies, I have watched so many shoe and bag restoration videos. Jesus Christ. And uh, also, as everyone knows, um, I do love my art restoration from Baumgartner Restoration. It is an amazing YouTube channel and just like amazing YouTube channel community. Everyone's very supportive. They're all very excited about art restoration and know nothing about it, just like me. So, and once you've watched a couple of them, you'll be like, oh, I know what part's next. He has to, like, put it on the heat table. Um, table. Anyways, I don't know where I got to the shoe and bag restoration. I think I was just, it came from, like, I was watching, like, metal restoration, like, metal objects restoration. Um, And there's, like, a huge number of videos. I don't like the ones where they talk, (laughs) usually. Like, maybe a little bit of dialogue, but I like the ones better where they just put, like, subtitles or give a little bit of information, by and large, I can tell what they're doing. You don't have to tell me you're brushing the shoe. I can see you're fucking brushing the shoe. Um, But a little bit about, like, 
why they do something or maybe if they tell you like what the mixture is, that's fine. Some people just like to hear the sound of their own voice. I mean, we do a podcast. We understand that, mm-hmm. but I don't want to watch it. So, um, but yeah, watched a lot of those. They're also really great if you need something to like lull you off to sleep. Um, and they're really good because they're not like suspenseful. Um, so you can just turn it off. You're not like I have to finish this this Converse shoe Chuck, or Converse Chuck Taylor 1970s orange suede video. I can just turn it off. I know what's going to happen in the end. Restored shoe. That's uh, what's going to happen in the end. Yeah. And uh, that's all I watched. Or did. Or did. Um, working sucks. I have not really had yeah, much time to watch much. Um, my two... My two go-tos every week remain The Boys and Decadence, which are both... They're great. Um, Has Decadence stayed? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Decadence... uh, (laughs) Decadence wrapped its main uh, problem with three episodes to go, so... Oh, shit. We're going to see... We're going to see what happens um, there. I don't even want to spoil too much of it, because I would like Kate to get back to it one day, so... Leave yep. that alone. Uh, yeah, and the boys continues to be continues to be all right. Just all right. Is it good or is it just all right? I think one thing I heard about the show is just, it's just an example of like when people who are like really good at making television are making television. Like everybody involved in the show is just kind of really good at making TV shows, right? And keeping things moving along and making sure you sprinkle enough plot here in here and there. Like like I do not. These episodes are an hour plus solid and it never feels like an episode of the wire. It never feels like Lovecraft country. Like it's just that HBO show, like that some of their shows get me into for being an hour long straight. Like I never feel that with the boys and I, I don't know why just never do. Uh, only other real item of note. I had a return recently, something from way back who remembers dissect. Dissect? Nobody. It's the thing I gave Kate once, and she forgot it completely. Uh, Dissect was a podcast that delves very deep into music scholarship. Oh, my Uh, God. Yeah, I remember. Um, You gave me... What's his name? I think he had only done the one season at that point, which was Kanye. Kanye West. Um, Yeah. He has since done... I I ended up listening to a lot of those episodes. He, uh, I know way more about Kanye than I ever thought I would. <laughs> uh, the guy who started them just kind of on a lark um, was a guy named Cole Kuchner, I believe the name is. Um, and he was a huge hit. He started doing it in a season format. He got bought by Spotify, and he is now uh, fine. <laughs> he's He's got it made. He's done a bunch of... Um, He's done another Kanye record, perhaps. He's done Tyler, the Creator. He may have done two Tyler, the Creator records. I don't remember. Um, He did Beyonce's Lemonade last year. And it was passed on to me that this year he is doing Childish Gambino's Because the Internet. And that kind of lulled me back, wooed me back a little bit. Hear what the man had to say about that, because if you don't know much about... Uh, that album in particular, that's when Donald Glover, AKA Childish Gambino was really on his performance art tip. Um, and he would always do these interviews in like short shorts and a torn t-shirt. And he got really, really like vulnerable. It was like after he'd left community 
and he had posted the a bunch of these like handwritten notes on his Instagram that like just really like outed everything he was feeling and people were like he's going to kill himself and he wasn't he was just like no this is like what's on my mind and we're so not built with that and not built mm-hmm. to deal with that and he approached the album as like the album was the soundtrack to a movie that didn't get made and he wrote the script for the movie which was available to read online but also like uh, I think if you bought the record which is now at a print damn it um, the script came in the, in the, uh, in the vinyl and having been away for a while, my, all the things I love about dissect and all the things I wasn't crazy about with in dissect are still kind of the same. <laughs> so his voice can get irritating after a while? I think they've cleaned up his voice <laughs> or they gave him some techniques. He's with Spotify now, so they either have the tech to clean him up more, or they gave him some breathing techniques, so he doesn't sound quite as nasally as he once did. Um, no shots, right. but sh- no shots, but shots. But it's like, on the one hand, when he goes really deep into like the musical stuff, because he's like, this guy's a musician and he knows his shit, and he want to when he wants to talk about like you know tritones and half step modulations and stuff like that, and like the music, that's fascinating. And he's got some yeah. dude who will like recreate everything that's been done. Cause I didn't know one song on that album I really like. I think it's called shadows. Like Thundercat did the baseline and I didn't even really realize it was Thundercat. Um, it's like, it starts with that. And then his, I am ashamed of you. How dare you? <laughs> um, I didn't know Thundercat did the, did the bass on shadows or wrote the hook. Um, they'll be like, Oh, here's the Thundercat baseline. And then isolated probably from, you know, his homeboy, like playing it off to the side is he's recreating that baseline. And then he adds all the elements that go into making the song. That's all great. I love all that. When he starts dealing into the lyrical stuff, some of it, some of it is, some of it's compelling, some of it seems like a reach, but even the stuff that's compelling, I can go on Genius and read that myself. But if you don't want to do that or you don't know what Rap Genius is, like that's, that's, it's a great podcast, it's a great listen, but when he's like really bogged down into some of this stuff and like drawing some tenuous connect some connections I think are, I, I think are tenuous. It's like, eh, bro. Also, I also, I also think they're tenuous. And I think that's one of the issues I had with the Kanye stuff when he was talking about his like emotional state right. and like the lyrics and stuff. I was like, eh, I'm not here for that. It's like, it's possible Glover did this, 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 and this because of this. And I was like, yeah, or it just sounded dope. Like, yeah, I think it just sounded dope. Um, also, hearing my dude read rap lines is, it's always, always a weird hang. Is it like me when I do it? Is it great? <laughs> it's great, isn't it? Well, recall from Runaway by Kanye West when Pusha T raps 24-7, 365, pussy stays on my mind. <laughs> my dude. What? 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 It's like that. It's exactly like that. Oh, sidebar. Yeah, speaking of things that are dope, you just you just veered me off. Uh, Dissect's fine, but maybe, you know, don't binge it. Like, take a break. I listened to four this morning at work, and I was like, I'm good. Oh. I'm good. I listened to three. I listened to the first one. I listened to three at work today, and some of them I skipped around a bit. Um, but it reminded me how great an album Because the Internet is. It was a really good album, and he did a lot of really cool stuff at that time. Although it's a real, like, frozen in ember kind of moment in time for me. I think that album came out in 2013, 2014, so... That's real. Your man had a lot going on at that time, so hearing that music again was like, oh, yes, I remember that part of my life. Um, 
you said WAP, which reminds me of uh, Perfume, <laughs> because their single was called Time Warp. Because you can't really make an ARP sound in Japanese when they sing right. when they sing the hook. It's Boku no Time Wap. So <laughs> my joke is Boku no Time Wap is the only WAP we we respect in this house. <laughs> um, all the footage from their like virtual fest that they did this week was kind of nuts. They did so much. They did like. Love Live Say You caliber stuff. Like, they each had a talk show. <laughs> and Kashiuka's was just about cats. <laughs> Amazing. It was her and these other two chicks in a cat cafe just talking about cats. I don't know what exact... None of this has been subtitled yet. No Cheese was... I I don't know. It was either we're friends, aren't we? Or we're really friends. Where I think it's like playing on that ongoing joke about No Cheese doesn't have any friends. <laughs> So it was her and some voice actress, I guess, interviewing each other to, like, find out if they were actually friends. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I read that there was actually, like, a live stream of Nochi playing, like, Dead by Daylight with fans and, like, <laughs> thanking them for their support while she murdered them because <laughs> Nochi likes games and she's really good at them. Anyway, um, and the performance itself was, like, like, their reframe shows. It was a total, like virtual experience and like, you know, their rise of the rhizomatics team that does all their visuals is insane. So it was really dope. And, and I've never seen them go that hard and give away that much stuff, I guess, which I said last time when I was talking about this, I was like, geez, gave away a ton of stuff. These were all like 45 minute videos and they're just threw them up on YouTube. Okay. Thank you, Queens. I haven't even had time to get through all of them. I just, I just, I just skimmed them. And we also got, we also got to see a TikTok of, uh, Achan and her sister dancing to uh, that Make Me Happy song by the Japanese K-pop band or the Korean J-pop band. I don't know whichever they're called, but... And it was adorable. Friends? Adorbs. Adorbs. Friends, I gotta be up at 3 a.m., so we're gonna take a break right here. When we come back, it's Cinematic September, I guess. It, it is. <laughs> it, we'll talk about it when we get there. We'll talk about but, it. Well, we had... There were plans. We had plans. We did have, we did have plans. plans had to be replanned as plans sometimes do also look at us be so light and tight i mean we'll see <laughs> still got still got the back half of the show to get to which we'll get into right after this break hi everyone and welcome back to the show this is the half of the show where we talk about the things we brought each other. We were actually planning to watch the same thing this week, but the thing I wanted to watch actually isn't out until this coming week, so we had to sort of switch things up. So the end of Cinematic September is a little still cinematic. Cinematic September. September, yeah. Well, Cinematic September. So we're going to go in a bit into October. Um, but this week is a little mix and match of it. So I will talk about, you know what? No, the theme of this week is <laughs> like friendship. She, she always finds themes. Friendship. Find themes. <laughs> friendship. It is. Um, so before we talk about the things we brought each other, we have some rules. The first one is the rule of three. That is the rule that a thing comes in parts. We will watch three of those parts. So it, the thing has a chance to become the thing it's going to become. But of course, because these are movies, we watch it all through, hopefully. Because as the second rule goes, we don't know. The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. That means we won't talk about the things that we've watched until we are sitting in front of these microphones 
So, like, Jordan could maybe not watch a thing, and I wouldn't know. And you might think that wet is a good thing. That's a warm-ass take. You don't come here for warm-ass takes. You come here for hats. Hat, hat, hat. Hot-ass takes. Hot-ass takes. Finally, the third rule, which isn't really a rule. It's just that there is a policy, and that policy is that there will be spoilers. So if you've been meaning to get around to some of 1995's (laughs) hottest hits, and you haven't, that's on you, my friend. We really don't have much for you at that point. No, and in general, we just have an air of, if you don't like spoilers, get the fuck out. In a nice way. Always meant with, like, the deepest respect and love because you've spent so much time with us so far. But honestly, we don't have time for that. (laughs) We do not have time for that. Like your girl, Sweet Brown. Friends, we like to alternate, so my thing is going to go first. And I have no good reason for giving this to Kate, aside from the fact that I just kind of wanted to watch it again myself. And I wanted to see if it was as good as I remembered it was. And it kind of was. Um, it popped back into my head again because I think, number one, in the in the oeuvre of movies that kind of define sports and culture website, uh, theringer.com, this is definitely one of them. <laughs> and they may have done a podcast special on this movie fairly recently that I may have listened to. I don't recall if I did or not. But definitely, I think... Um, historical hip-hop culture Instagram account, Up North Trips, commemorated the release of this movie and included the uh, the Jimi Hendrix scene, the Jimi Hendrix discussion scene on the Instagram. And I was like, damn, that movie was pretty funny. I might want to watch that movie again. Fuck it, I, got, I need movies for Kate. I'll give her this. And what was that? It was White Men Can't Jump. It is a 1992 American sports comedy drama film. Just so many hyphenates. Written and directed by Ron Shelton. Uh, Ron Shelton is best known probably for a few sports comedy drama type movies. Uh, most notably Bill, uh, Bill Durham, no, Bull Durham, which was a 1988 movie that got him an Oscar nomination for best original screenplay. The Ty Cobb, uh, biopic. He did a movie called the great white height. Basically if it was like a sports movie in the nineties and early aughts, your man, Ron Shelton had something to do with it. Uh, it stars Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson as well as Rosie Perez. So here's your two-sentence plot. Black and white basketball hustlers join forces to double their chances of winning money on the street courts and in a basketball tournament. There's a lot more going on there. Maybe too much. We can get into that. Um, Mm -hmm. I was surprised at how well this movie held up. Ultimately, I was surprised by how much I love Wesley Snipes, (laughs) apparently. He's delightful. Um, I hope Kate finds this movie as delightful as I did. Um, it's basically it. The whole gimmick is in initially in the movie, you know, Wesley Snipes is this guy. He is in Compton and, you know, South central California. He's got a little like construction business that he kind of does. Nothing he does is ever totally above board, but he's not like a criminal or anything. He just, you know, kind of hustles. So you got to do what you got to do to get by. And one of the ways he hustles is playing two-on-two street basketball at area courts around the city. And he ends up getting hustled by Woody Harrelson, who does the same thing. But he does it by pretending to be a lame white guy who can't play and faking his way into into these what? games and schooling him. Yeah. yeah. And ultimately, Wesley Snipes is like, I can use you. We can make money. 
and basically it'll be a setup where like Wesley Snipes will talk shit. The shit talking in this movie is just par excellence. He'll be shit talking and he'll basically say like, I'm so good. I don't even care who I play with. You know, you pick somebody, pick anybody around. And Woody Harrelson will be off to the side looking dippy and they'll be like, yo, you make him, make him play with that guy. And Snipes will be like, no, no, that's not part of the deal. Like, no, no white guys, no white guys. It's got to be a black guy. And they're like, no, you know, you said anybody. So it's him. And then they win because Woody Harrelson is better than anybody thinks he's going to be. And there's also a subplot about Rosie Perez trying to get on Jeopardy and some like thugs who are trying to like get money back from Woody Harrelson. And Woody Harrelson clearly has a gambling problem. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, yeah, like I'm, I'm amped because I just finished watch, rewatching this movie like you know half an hour ago, but it's not my movie. It's Kate's movie. Kate, what'd you think of it? I would. I was surprised by this movie. Uh, also, this movie de- tries to do a lot, and it doesn't always succeed. <laughs> but it does a really interesting job of of talking about like relationships um, and characters being like very multi-layered and multifaceted, which I really like. Um, definitely, no one-dimensional characters here. That's true. Um, you really go from like yeah. liking Woody Harrelson to realizing, oh no, you're terrible. <laughs> And, and, like, even, like, the Wesley Snipes char- character, like, he's not a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, no, but he just kind of has, like, yeah. his own honor system. Like, if you say, I'll bet you, you know, but, my half of the money that I just won with you that I can dunk a basketball, he's going to give you an out. And if you don't take it, he's going to take your fucking money. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but he also just, like, the way he just has some attitudes towards some things and... <laughs> And even, but even his, like, his wife, like, she surprised me when she was like, you're not getting the money back. <laughs> right. Like, I'm, she's I'm just like, that is not happening. Um, and, yeah, Woody Harrison, um, he's not, a, I don't think, he's not a bad guy. He has a gambling problem. <laughs> you have a gambling problem. That is, that is different. You're not a bad person. If you are a gambling addict, you have an addict. Um, I don't think he's in a great situation. I don't think, uh, Ro- uh, what's Rosie Perez's character's name? Gloria. Gloria. I don't think Gloria should ever give him money. <laughs> or, like, you know, um, but uh, yet he's the way they sort of make money. Um, I was so scared she wasn't going to do well on Jeopardy. I had nothing to worry about. <laughs> she knows like, seven foods that start with Q. Yeah. I just, I, I, Loved that scene. Like, I, I was so worried um, that she was going to bomb and her dreams were going to be shattered. But no, she was amazing. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Um, and, and just the fact it was all her categories and, yeah, all of that. It was That part was fun. But, yeah, it was doing a lot of things. And the ending was weird. <laughs> the last basketball game they play. Not ever, obviously, but like just with those those two like well known players. You mean the ciphers who just show up to be MacGuffins and just like Yeah. Don't say anything? The legendary yeah, players they, who are names and that's all. Yeah, and they never like they don't do what they usually do with the other games. Right. right? Yeah, it seemed really There's rushed at no, the end. Yeah, it was it was really interesting. I mean, finally we can see that white men can dunk. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> can jump. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's sort of, I don't know. This, this movie has no lesson. 
<laughs> there is no moral Caitlin, lesson. Caitlin, there is no lesson about friendship. Listen but, to the woman. That's the, that's the lesson. You don't have to agree with her, but you have to listen to her. Uh, but are you hearing her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very of the times movie. Yes. But man, did I discover we're basically all the slang and your mama jokes came from when I was in grade school. <laughs> Like, on the playground overnight, all of a sudden these kids were saying, like, yo mama jokes when I was in, like, grade one, grade two. This is where this came from. Like, absolutely. Also, um, shouts to Kadeem Hardison in a supporting role in this movie, who, uh, you know, 90s babies might remember as Dwayne Wayne from, uh, not in Living Color, uh, Different World. The Cosby Show spinoff that, like, outlasted the Cosby Show. And that was, like, his only role in this movie. It was, like, the two biggest things that dude ever did. And he's great in this movie. Um, yeah, there was, it was, it was really, it wasn't bad. It wasn't, there, there are parts, parts of them that I really liked, but there was like 16 different movies that were were. going on. There really were. Um, and I don't know, maybe there's, there's probably a lot to say, you know, uh, there wasn't a ton of movies. Well, there started to be in the nineties, but you know, there hadn't been a ton of opportunity for, filmmakers to sort of like take a look at you know black culture um and what was going on and yeah there's just so many like sayings and jokes and turns of phrase from this movie that i was like oh that's where that came from in the 90s some you know one of the kids in my school saw this movie with his older brother and like repeated it and then it spread like wildfire because Canada isn't very cool. We're like that uncle that really wants to be hip. <laughs> We're not. I don't know if, what else. I mean, not, movie. not for nothing. It's worth noting. I think that this movie came out in 92, which is yeah. post like boys in the hood, you know, black filmmaker Renaissance type of thing. And it's set in the same area, but is like not that type of story. Um, no, no, it's not. There's like a robbery. There's some guns. People pull guns on somebody at one point. There is that scene where <laughs> the first guy they hustle is like, <laughs> start to get, like get his fucking gun. Well, both parts. He doesn't have enough money, so he's like, "Wait, right here. I'll go get the money." And he like tries to rob a store to get the money. To and put the guy's up. like, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's like, Roger. Like, I know who you are. What are you doing? <laughs> And then he sells his gun to the yeah. shop owner for, like, less money than it was supposed to be. And then he's convinced he got hustled and, like, like like the con is breaking down and it's becoming clear that, like, Harrelson and Snipes are working together. And the dude's just like, you know what? Fuck all this. I'm going to go back to my car, get my other gun, and I'll come back. I'm shooting everybody. <laughs> and that pause where it's like, oh, fuck. And, like, the entire court, like, butts out. Or when they're just playing so rough in the finals of that tournament. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, like, it's done and Snipes and Harrelson have won. And the judges are just like, just cut him the check and let's like, fucking like, go. Let's go. <laughs> like, we gotta go. Like, it, it's... It's supposed to be, like, the, the game of, like, it's supposed to be, represent, like, brotherhood among men. <laughs> just absolutely, like, being so awful. To, everyone is awful to each other. <laughs> the teammates are awful to each other. The players are awful to each other. Oh. But just, it wasn't like a, like, you know, gang poverty type story. I mean, they, nobody's rich in this movie, but for being set in the same area, like, it's 
it told a different type of story. And for me, being 90s baby that I am, the music, the fashion, the fucking bike bike caps with the brim turned up type of thing. <laughs> like, all of that was just like, oh yes, that was my, that was my time, y'all. Remember that very well. Well, Kate, this is probably, you're probably having that experience watching this movie that I have a lot with movies you give me, where it's just like, they would not yeah. make this movie today. Yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you might do it as an indie, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, maybe. But uh, I, it's weird to give this a... I'm going to say, like, it was a seven, because, like, it succeeded being a movie. There were parts <laughs> I enjoyed. It definitely had an impact on the culture as far as Toronto in my schoolyard. <laughs> I Yeah, it, and the performances were all really good. There's nothing bad about this film. It's just like there's no moral. They don't end up like at the end they're they're friends begrudgingly, but they never like get over their issues. Like this isn't like everyone gets over racism and holds hands and sings Kumbaya. Like there's none of that. Um it's a very messy, complicated story and sometimes that's the way life is. <laughs> um I, probably one of the parts I really did enjoy was when you see Woody Harrelson, he's got like blood out of his mouth and it looks like those mobsters are like taking it, like just kill them and take a picture. And it was just stage. <laughs> he's like, can I go now? They're like, oh yeah, that that's great. You can go. It's about respect, um, Kate. It's about respect. It's about respect. Um, so like there are parts of this movie that are really good. Um, and then parts that I'm like, what? Um, and also basketball is fun. Basketball is fun. You want to know what else is fun? Hmm. Giant robots. I mean, it's right there in the in the summary of this show. Jordan likes giant robots. And somehow, Jordan hadn't seen this giant robot. Which is remarkable to me. But just in case you're like, what are you guys talking about? Chauncey, you know, slipped the episode into your ear and you didn't see the title. You're like, what? We are talking about The Iron Giant. The 1999 American animated science fiction action film. Produced by Warner Brothers. You know how much I love movies that just have ridiculous <laughs> subgenres attached. Um, this is the the directorial debut of Brad Bird, um, who you may know from such films as Ratatouille, The Incredibles, uh, a bunch of other stuff. It is based off a 1968 novel. Uh, called The Iron Man by Ted Hughes, who, if you don't know, Ted Hughes is a super famous English poet. He was also married to Sylvia Plath, um, and there's complicated stuff around that. But yeah. we'll just Ted Hughes over there. He wrote the uh, book. He may, have been, he may have been responsible for suicide. What? We don't. What? He, he clearly was. Uh. Yeah, but we are talking about the movie. Not the book by by Ted Hughes, or Ted Hughes for that matter. The film stars the voices of. Did you have you seen this? Do you know this? What I'm about to say. Oh, I know. Second time okay. in this episode. The film stars the voices of Vin Diesel. <laughs> Iron Giant the sings, y'all. The Iron Giant, the Iron Groot, um, Eli Marenthal. Jennifer Aniston, Harry Connick Jr., Christopher McDonald, and John Mahoney. Um, 
It's set during the Cold War in 1957. The film centers on a young boy named Hogarth Hughes who discovers and befriends a gigantic metal robot who fell from outer space. With the help of a beatnik artist named Dean McCopin, Hogarth attempts to prevent the U.S. military and Kent Mansley, who works for the U.S. military, a paranoid federal agent, from finding and destroying the giant. So some things, well, quite a few things changed from the book. Um, Brad Bird specifically added elements um, that sort of related to his own life into the story. Um, all the animation was hand done because it was still in that time period. It came out in 1999, which they were still hand drawing things. Um, I rewatched this movie and I cannot find fault with this movie. I love this movie so much. If Jordan doesn't like it, it's fine. Uh, but I'm, I'm interested to what, what he thought, no matter what. So Jordan, what did you think about this movie? I mean, it's a masterpiece. Like, <laughs> yay! I'm so happy. I like, I was, I watched it again because I've seen it a bunch of times, but I was like, you know, I'm going to make sure, like, if I, I'm going to pick it apart, see if I can <laughs> find the things that, like, prepare myself for Jordan being really mean to it. Oh my God. And I'm like, I'll just like, you know, shore up my emotions so I don't cry. Um, so, okay. So tell me what you liked about the film and then maybe some things you didn't like. I'm trying to think of what, I'm trying to think of, there was anything I didn't like, but I mean, I guess we can get to that in a second. There's really, well, there's maybe one thing, a quibble. I mean, I've had one quibble at oh, the no. end, but um, I mean, the character design is awesome. The design of the Iron Giant himself is awesome. Shouts to the casting director because nobody had smarmy punchable bastard down like Christopher McDonald did, aka Shooter <laughs> McGavin. Like just that was his lane. He knew that was his lane, and he worked the fuck out of it. And when it came time, in his voice, and just he his, worked the fuck out of it in his voice. Just his voice. It was like you need a punchable bastard in your children's movie. You know who to call. Um, Honestly, the main quibble I had in the movie was like, what was the hardest thing to like suspend disbelief about that any child would ever be named Hogarth? Like, that's not true in I the nineteen fifties for sure. I understand it's a nod to the. I understand it's a nod to the book, but like, come on. I, well, um, even even the char- the Christopher McDonald character is like, who is <laughs> Hogarth? Hogarth. Yeah. Um, and also remember when Harry Connick Jr. was a thing? I right. Dude, dude, it's weird. That dude was crushing it back then. No, it's just a really it's it's like the comfiest movie and does not shy away from um darkness. There's a whole scene where like a fucking the Iron Giant learns about death. Like Yeah. And then and then when he fucking goes ham at the end of the movie cuz he thinks Hogarth's been killed. Yeah. Yo. That dude had some tricks. Um it's funny, my main quibbles with this movie, I have two. Okay, so I am an adult, so I'm maybe did not, and also I was, so I'm an adult and I was multitasking a little bit because I was under a time crunch a bit to get get all this done. So I was not watching it in a movie theater. If I had, yes, the movie is very sad <laughs> when it ends, when the Iron Giant sacrifices himself. Although, unfortunately, the phrase, you stay, I go, is now Consuela from Family Guy for me. So when he said it, I was like, that's funny. <laughs> no, I stay. No, no. You you stay, Mr. Hogarth. I go. <laughs> so, yes, uh, in his, his punchable stupidity, 
Kent Mansley orders a, you know, nuke to get fired uh, on this town. He doesn't care who's going to. He, he cares so little about firing a nuke on this town, he doesn't realize he's in the town when he fires it. Um, that's, how, mm-hmm. that's how punchable this dude is. Also, I mean, a character type like that is, I mean, many things are hard hangs in 2020 that weren't in 2017, but <laughs> that kind of, like, xenophobic, fearful type in a movie is like, I see too many of you IRL these days um but he calls this so it's nice but it's nice to see that character get like his comeuppance right because we don't see that a lot these days not enough so yes the iron giant uh imbued with the lessons he has learned from hogarth about super heroics specifically superman thank you for being a warner brothers movie we wouldn't been able to get that cross branding had it not been it was very effective Mm -hmm. when Homeboy's flying off to stop the missile, and the last words he said are Superman. I was like, oh my god! (laughs) I love you, Iron Giant. Stay with me forever. Um, (laughs) My favorite is whenever you see him in a window and he's waving. (laughs) (laughs) This is so cute. And here, here's... I I have two quibbles, one of which is not even about... One of which is a quibble that increases my... Like, restarts my rage at another movie entirely. Um... I I understand it was a kid's movie and you wanted to end on a happy button, but if you spent all this time talking about, like, death, you just kept him dead. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, but I, you know what? I'm one of those kids who is, like, deeply scarred from Littlefoot's, <laughs> right. like, lost parents. And so I understand why they were like, this is a lot We'll just give kids a little bit of hope. So, I mean, fine. Um, My other quibble makes me want to go back and just scream at Ready Player One. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because everyone was super excited when it's like, oh my God, because I've never sequeled to this movie. I don't know if there were ever any plans to do a sequel to this movie. They left the door open for something, but... Mm. um, For whatever reason, they didn't. Maybe Brad Bird wanted to go do Pixar shit. I don't know. Um, but for whatever reason, like the Iron Giant, this movie, and oh, probably because this movie didn't really, it's a cult classic and it's appreciated now, Yeah, but it didn't really perform at the time. It did. No, it did not make its budget. I can tell you that. Which is kind of shocking to me. Um, just because it's really fucking good. So like the character had not been seen in like 20 years or whatever. And then it like in the nerdgasm phantasmagoria that is ready player one he is like heavily featured because he's owned by the same studio and you know they can he's going to be able to provide the you know nostalgia handy to get all the nerds their jollies off um but also they own him right so they don't have to worry about you know paying somebody else for it but if the whole point of this movie i have not seen ready player one and probably will never but one rare clip that i did see of it was basically when like Things are bad. The homeboy, p- paraffin, Praxa, Percival, what the fuck's his name? I don't know. It starts with a P. I can't remember. Um, oh, Percival. I think it's Percival. He, like, summons the Iron Giant to save him and just uses him as, like, a, you know, golem to fight on his behalf. When the whole point of the Iron Giant movie itself was, like, I'm not a gun. And one of the, like, most heartbreaking moments is when he's, like, he's just programmed to, like, do self-defense. And when his programming mistakes like a toy gun as an actual, as a threat, and his, like, 
palpable heartbreak that he's almost, you know, murdered his only friend and, and beat Nick Harry Connick Jr. is like, you know, get out of here. You almost killed him. Like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like visibly shaken up and is like, no, I'm not a gun. Like mm-hmm. when your move in the next movie to feature him is to just use him as a gun. That's, I mean, <laughs> has nothing to do with the movie we're actually talking about, but fuck ready player one is basically <laughs> the take home there. Um, that's what people are here for, right? The tangents. Fuck Ready Player One. <laughs> Fuck you if you liked um, it. Interestingly, um, the gun message was due to, uh, in the start of the production, in the production of this movie, Brad Bird's sister was murdered by her husband in a murder-suicide. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So for him, I think this is like a really special film, and he wanted to put a... Uh, a message about guns and gun violence um, in it. So that's why we get that. And again, I can't reiterate in the moment when he is like, fuck it all. My only friend got killed. He was not killed, but you know, he was just unconscious and he goes full like war of the worlds, like from a mechanical design perspective, mm-hmm. it's flawless. <laughs> like as a dude, yes. who, as someone who gets off on that sort of thing from the days of like, you know, Gundams and Avas and all that shit. Like when he just transforms in the fucking War of the Worlds heat ray, destroy everything. Mm-hmm. He had one super complicated gun that was like a dial, and another thing came up and tapped a button really fast. I'm like, that's so complicated, but it's so cool. Um, interestingly, Brad Bird has really been influenced, and in this film, by Miyazaki and by other um, anime. Yeah, real, um, real, real Laputa Castle in the Sky vibe on the uh, on the Iron Giant. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I find that really, you know, I just like when things influence each other. I think that's always really interesting and, and get some of the best creativity on displays when people have obviously been influenced by each other cross-culturally and by different sources. So, yeah. Well, I'm really glad you like it. Yeah, I really don't. I mean, what's I don't know that there's anything bad to say about this movie. I mean, Brad Bird's an incredible director. Um, I don't know if he's done anything bad since he started his career. And it's kind of, I mean, the only bad thing about this movie is that it wasn't more successful at the time of its release. Like, So now it's like gone on to be, like you said, this cult classic. Um, and it's seen as like a modern masterpiece. Um, and they had a re-release of the movie in theaters, which I think is really nice. Um, I think back in like t- early 2010s um, and it got like, you know, I-, I feel like it got a moment, another moment to shine. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just, I'm so glad you liked it. I was like, when you like things that I really, really like, I know some things that like, I'm just never going to give you cause you're not going to like them and they'll just crush me. Um, so yeah, I'm really happy about this. Yay. <laughs> yay. 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 Uh, yeah, kick punches. I mean, we know my philosophy on tens, but I mean, it's the closest thing I've seen in recent memory that comes to it. So it's like a nine point five. <gasps> Woo! Go nine point five. Pew, 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 pew. Um, yeah, there's like nothing, nothing really wrong with this movie. Um, I don't know where you can find it if it's only available for rent on your digital content providers it's not streaming that's anywhere all, I, I don't that's think all i could yeah that's all i could um could uh find 
Yeah, well, we didn't say White Man Can't Jump is on Amazon Prime and Crave, I believe, in Canada. But you got to have uh, you got to have the stars upgrade for that. Thankfully, Moneybag's on the other line over there. Shells out for stars. So. Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm I am not Scrooge McDuck. Listen, there are some things. You while take, I am you take your content seriously. You take your content seriously. Some things are worth spending the money on. And I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, and the Iron Giant is nowhere. I don't know why. You think it's a Warner Brothers movie. You think it would show up on HBO or one of those at some point. And maybe it will. But for now, just available to, to rent. And if you've never seen it, rent it. You should. You should. You should spend that money. All that money you save from not <laughs> giving us money, you should watch the Iron Giant. Don't give us $3. Take that $3 and two more dollars and rent the Iron Giant. Well, Kate, we did it. We did it. Light and tight. I'm going to go pass out so I can wake up in the middle of the night and not get sprayed by a skunk and go work at the crack of Don's ass tomorrow because that's my life post-COVID. Not post-COVID. I wish it was post-COVID. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> Thank you to the future. Me with hope. Cute <laughs> uh, weeks will do that. Uh, friends, Cinematic September rolls on. Do we want to tell the people what we have or... Oh, uh, sure. I don't see why not. I believe next week we will wrap up Cinematic September, which may drop on Cinematic September. It is a movie neither Kate nor myself have seen that is coming to Netflix on October 1st. So we thought we would wrap it up by checking out Spike Lee's Black Klansman. And if you would like to join us for that discussion, maybe you want to watch that movie too. So we're just letting you know. Yeah. If you watch it and you have thoughts on this or The Iron Giant or whether or not... White men can jump. You can hit us up on Twitter at GeekdownPod. Give us your thoughts. I mean, you can also go to Facebook. We didn't mention it. If you're just hanging out there in the food court with, like, a lukewarm coffee, just killing time, I mean, swing by. We probably got a sign up in the window that says, you know, be back six months. But, I mean, <laughs> back eventually. <laughs> All that is to say, hang with us however you like. It truly does mean the world to us, friends. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and we hope that you will join us next week for another amazing episode of the Geek Down Podcast.